You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In this episode, I have Sam Soholt on the podcast and Flint Wilhelm on the podcast. Both of them are going to share some awesome elk hunting adventures. And first up is Sam Soholt. I hope you enjoy the show. I think one of my other favorite stories is uh, I shot a uh, my bull elk a couple years ago. Um, so a buddy I lived with in Montana, we both put in for the Missouri breaks and both threw the tag and then he got a job in Alaska. And so he like moved up to Alaska and he was like, well, uh, what dates do you want to go? And so we just like, you know, picked whatever dates in September and we were going to meet in some little small town out by the breaks. And so, and neither of us had done all that much. Uh, I mean, he had done almost zero elk hunting. And the only stuff that I had done was the previous couple of years with Josh and Tyler, which taught me, taught me a ton because those guys have, you know, they're basically part elk. Uh, and uh so but it was kind of it was going to be kind of fun because it was you know two of us new guys like you know calling the shots and making the decisions and doing all this stuff and so we we met out there and we set up camp we drove and then we took like this long drive down this road and uh found a different spot we wanted to camp and so ended up getting back to camp like it's the roads out there i don't know you could hardly drive faster than 10 or 15 without like completely you know hitting your air air dam and you know skid plates and whatever and so anyway pack up the next morning we drive it all the way in there uh we set up camp again and then for three days we we would hike out where at a high spot find elk um put it to bed go in stock within it i mean like three days in a row we were within uh bulls over 300 inches like you know within 50 yards of, of bull God. but we just kept you know like messing up this or messing up that or the wind would switch and you know so the 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 fifth morning it was going to be the second to last day it was going to be my last day that i was going to be there um, we went out and we spotted two elk and one was like a decent six and it was, we were playing the game. Like if you spot it, like you get to choose, you know, whether or not you want to go in on it. Mm-hmm. And so we spotted two, he spotted the, the bigger one. And then there was this little elk, little bull that was like, he was, I mean, his, his tie or his uh, beam length was probably only like, 24 inches or you know maybe 30 inches but 
Like when he was growing his antlers, he must have like pushed extra hard and had six six points on his side. Like a shot out. <laughs> and so and that one was it it appeared to be kind of alone and like looking, right? And so I was like, Well, which bull do you want to go after? And he's like, I want to go after the bigger one. I was like, All right. Well, I want to go after the smaller one. I was like, I, you know, I think we can call him in over like a little ridge and I can get a shot. And uh, I was like, this one, the bigger one already went to bed. We know where he is. Let's go make a play on this one and then go back and try to kill that one. And so we go over a couple ridges and uh, we're getting into position. And I was like, all right, Kai, you stay here right at the bottom of this thing. I'm going to go up to those trees. There's like this little clump of trees at the top of this little ridge. I was like, I'm going to go hide in the trees. You start calling when I'll cow call, and then you start calling after that. See if we can bring them, you know, over the top on me. And uh, so I get up there, and I'm kind of in position, and uh, I wanted to move. I was looking at it, and it looked like he was going to curve around on me, and so I wanted to move a little bit closer to the edge of the ridge. And I kind of, like, crept over the edge of the ridge, and I just looked down, and there just happened to be a big six by six. And so like I spotted him, I stepped back out of range. I grabbed my range finder. I crept up 63 yards. I dropped back. I drew back. I stepped forward, came over the top, let it fly. (laughs) Shot a a bull that I had no idea he was even there. (laughs) I bet your buddy was just like, Waiting on a cow call, and then he sees you yeah. at full draw, and he's like, what the hell? Yeah, next thing you know, like, you know, then we're just, like, waiting on the, you know, waiting on him to expire, and then, like, yeah. Big elk like, down! Oh. Big elk down! <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, get up here, you know? Look at this thing, you know? And then, uh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool to go in to try to, you know, I was going in to shoot this little thing, and then, you know, just happened to stumble upon a much larger elk, which I was very happy about. Yeah, zero complaints there, right? <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> I like, I don't know about you, but I like hunting elk in Missouri break type area where it's, oh, yeah. you know, big draws and sagebrush and stuff yep. and juniper. I like hunting elk in that stuff. Yeah, I do too. And it's, it's, uh, there's so many little pockety stuff that like animals can hide in that you could literally like, spot one little herd over here and then there could be like one that you can't even see and then all of a sudden you're you know all of a sudden you're in the middle of a whole bunch of elk and you don't even you know you don't even know how you ended up there yeah or you know like you say you glass over there and you see some elk and it looks flat all the way to get over there and you start walking along and next thing you know you're at this draw ravine that is 200 feet down you're like holy crap where did that come from exactly yeah (laughs) yeah man Oh, she! I bet you're just when you looked over that hill, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, elk. I, looked up the hill and I was like, oh, that one's that one's way nicer. <laughs> Try to shoot that one. Shoot that one. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, and then like the day. Uh, I don't know, we were like 20 yards from it. Uh huh. And then just messed it up. Like, I. Yeah, I don't even want to go into it. It's just such a failure. Like, that one still haunts me. 
Oh, I, I mean, I, I promise you I have some great failures that I can go into, it. you know, if it makes you feel better about going into yours. <laughs> well, I think I think so far in my hunting career, my biggest failure as a whole on a species is uh, mule deer with a bow. Like, I have spent, yeah. I, Come on. I have spent... I would say probably 45 days hunting mule deer with a bow, and I have yet to shoot one. <laughs> so this is the year. This is the year that changes. <laughs> you know, I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Anytime, man. I, yeah. Like, what are honestly, what are real friends for? You know, I'm just here to tell you that I think it can happen, you know, yeah. and – but no, I, yeah, it's uh, for some reason I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the bus project or I don't know what it is, but I've I've never felt more confident about a hunting season than I have than I am right now. Way cool. Yeah, like you know, it's just it seems like when you have that type of attitude, you know, going into like different hunts and stuff, like yeah. it makes a huge difference. So, are you are you hunting uh, areas this year that you've that you've hunted before, or do you have quite a few new areas on the list? Uh, it's, it's mostly area. Well, so the, the place I'm going elk hunting is a new, totally new spot. Um, so I'm, I'm going out to scout that out, um, this week, uh, me and the lady friend are going out to, um, Montana for a week before antelope season starts, but, uh, I'm going to take her up and we're going to go do some hiking and camping and, you know, go do some camping, but it allows me to, <laughs> to do some yeah. scouting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, so we're going to go do some scouting on that. So the elk spot's new, and then um, most of the other stuff is pretty familiar territory. Um, yeah, so which is which is nice. You know, so. that's that's what I find too. If I am going into an area that I've hunted before, um, like this will be the second year that I go into this Colorado area, for instance, um, I just feel – I went from last year calling the game biologist and looking at a map and hoping that we go in there seeing elk to yep. at full draw on a 340 class bull that his saber tines, it was crazy as hell. His saber tines went up and they pointed forward towards his, towards his uh, brow tines, which is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Just something you don't see, you know? Yeah. And, to having a 350, 360 bull at 86 yards, I just didn't want. It just didn't. That's just too far, you know. Yeah. To you know, and my friend shooting an elk and we didn't find it. You know, we saw hundreds of elk last year. To this year, I'm like, it's gonna happen. Right. You oh, know, yeah. I just did. My confidence is just way higher, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on top yeah. of it, we went in there scouting, hung up a camera, and saw a really good bull while we were there. Um, so just, just a lot more confident, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, uh, I think, uh, well, I listened to the podcast you did with, uh, my brother and Tyler and, uh, you know, I kind of learned it from them, but it really takes, we always would tell customers at the shop like three or four years before you're like really, you know, dialed in. So, yep. yeah. and I think that's, that's a really good point um and i always like to share you know throw in some good helpful stuff with these funny stories that everyone can laugh at but that's that's just a really good point you know people 
a lot of people want to hunt multiple states, which is awesome. But what you got to realize is generally the first one to three years is a learning curve. You know, I mean, it's great to be optimistic. It's mystic. It's great to be like, yep, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to kill something because you have to be or else you're not even going to go at all. But you also got to realize that the the likelihood of of you actually killing an animal the first time you're in an area and weighing all of your fun off, purely off of the fact of whether you kill something or not is is kind of setting you up for failure. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think the mentality you need to have going into somewhere for a first year is like it's that explore, exploration year, right? So you need to um you need to make turn that into the fun part. Like, okay, like, well, yeah. you know, exactly where they're going to go, and you're not hunting for them again. And so, like, yeah, you just got to make you just got to make it the you got to make it more fun learning the country rather than focusing on the kill. Yep. Yeah, yeah for sure. Especially when it's one of your first times in there. I hope that you enjoyed Sam's story. Now let's jump into Flint's first elk with a bow. So, how about? time to share a few archery stories you know you know the good stuff like uh the stuff that pisses you off and makes you want to throw your bow down the mountain and the stuff that makes you jump up and down and scream and yell and then probably fall down the mountain (laughs) well one thing right off the bat you never forget missing a big bull until you miss another big one and then you Um, just remember missing both of them together Well, it gets a little, little, little more manageable, and then it gets less manageable. It's just a cycle. And uh, let's all share a story about my first ever archery elk, also my first ever bull. So you know, I same as Zach, you know, from a young age, my family, and they all kind of a little bit, but it wasn't that next step and until i jam up shit that we do is what it did yeah (laughs) until you get to that age where you can do it for yourself i've always from a i mean from when i could remember i've always just been drawn to the hunting fishing outdoor world so needless to say and i i killed a couple cow elk um it was with a rifle when i was you know younger but um Nonetheless, just a great time. Just more or less, you know, anchored that love in. And uh, you get to an age where, all right, want to kill a bull. And for me, uh, I never drew a bull tag until I was, uh, see, what were we, 20? Somewhere in there? Yeah, yeah, something... I, w- I would assume, are you sharing your, the story of in the Bighorns? Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, I we had to have been 19 or 20. Somewhere in there. So anyways, and Zach will probably chirp in here a little bit towards the end of this on how this whole thing went down because we were both going to college at the time. But nonetheless, finally dropped both. I had a good buddy that I hunted with, and... He'd had the elk tag um, two years prior and killed a nice bull with his bow. All right, so off we go. Man, opening day shows up, and 
we split up, same thing. You know, we'd been out scouting a little, and we knew areas we wanted to check. We'd seen elk. And uh, one thing about this area is there's uh, a lot of access. It was before I had uh, the money and the access to my animals and everything. So needless to say, we go up. Opening morning shows up. You know, we're just... Christmas time with bows, but you go out and we're bebopping along, and we we made the decision, okay, this first little bit covers as much ground as we can, so we split up. He hits one drainage, I hit the net. Well, I drew the long end of the stick, and uh, I was in the elk. So I go in, and uh, the wind in the mountains is a mysterious creature. You just never really know what it's going to do. So, you know, say that morning, um, inevitably the wind uh, was the kryptonite of that hunt. So, anyways, I seen elk. I knew there was elk in there. Um, Good to go. Okay, so link up with my buddy later on mid-afternoon. All right, I was in the elk. He was like, yep, I was in the Dead Sea. Okay, what do you do? You go to the elk. So that night, we go back in there, and I was like, yeah, them bulls were headed up in here. So we take off, and we get up in there, and we're going along, and it's first part of September, hot, it's like 80 degrees, not a lot of rut action. So we're going along, and in the mountain view, whether it's in your mind you hear stuff, or you just, there's weird noises. So we kind of hear something, we're trying to decide whether this is a a tree leaning in the wind, you know, kind of creaking, or if that was a weird bugle. And, all right, pretty quick. I, and we're kind of squabbling amongst ourselves, you know. Oh, that was, no, it wasn't, blah, blah, blah. Well, we get up there and keep going a little bit. and uh, I'll take credit for this one. I screwed ourselves. Because I was so kind of mad because Darren wouldn't believe me that it was a bugle, so I was trying to you know, out hiking or whatever. <laughs> I'm just blown along, pissed off at myself. And I look up and here's these five bulls staring at me like 150 yards away up in this little opening. And I'm like, oh, man, just screwed this up. And, well, obviously I screwed up on them elk and they take off. And, you know, me being me, I think I'll make shit happen. And, off I go up into the timber, you know, thinking I'm going to head them off or something. Well, that didn't work. And uh, so I get back down and deal with my buddy again. And he's like, I, I heard a bugle down the hill. And I was like, no, I thought those were just trees creaking, you know, just kind of being a smart ass. And he's <laughs> like, no, no, really, this was. And I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously mine was too. You know, we, I mean, just kind of that camaraderie going and and uh so we start down and we get out you know obviously this time we're a little more focused not wound up and sure enough here's these two bulls feeding out and we get down there and get some glass on them and they were just a couple of raghorns and you know i'd never killed a bull before but i wanted to kill a respectable you know not the biggest thing in the world but I wanted a nice six point. Uh huh. It's it, 
the first day of the season. We got 29 more days to go, you know. Yep. I told my buddy, I looked him straight in the face, and I said, whatever happens, don't let me shoot one of these. He's all right. You know, I didn't think I had to retaliate, you know, telling the same back. He killed his nice six points a year before. I was like, well, let's, might as well. We got nothing else to do. Let's see how close we can get. Just the terrain was right. We dropped down into this little high basin creek and got in the low spot. And Man, we worked down. I pinpointed where we needed to cut up to head them off and, Pretty quick, we're 30 yards from these two bulls feeding right in front of us. Not rut action, but nonetheless, they're there. And, you know, I kind of look back, you know, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I just kind of glass them. They're right there. They had no clue. And I kind of hear something. And I turn my head real slow because, you know, I didn't want to bump the elk. And I look back and my buddy's at full draw. And I couldn't even get out don't. And, there went an arrow, and I mean, you shoot an arrow, obviously, you want an animal. He just, he liked elk meat in the freezer, basically, is what was going on. And, you know, just a little five by six, you know, young, probably two and a half year old bull. And, um, it worked out. I'm going to say, luckily, he missed, but, uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of one of them deals, you know. We were in it from the beginning. We were right into elk. We had a long season, though. Both of us didn't. That was the first of September. I think I killed my bull on the. I was a twenty, his late twenties, and my buddy killed his uh, three days before the last day of the season. So it was a long season. We got our satisfaction out of our tags nonetheless, but um, ups and downs. I mean, one day you'd be running around in a sleet storm, not a thing going on, and that evening you'd drop into a gut and boom, you're back into bugling elk. Um, basically on that, my very first elk hunt, we, between me and a buddy, so two of us, we had over 50 bulls within 50 yards. And this Man. is a good point on this. Um, there was some screwed up opportunities and a couple missed shots there. But that's one thing with archery elk hunting in general is it's just because they're in range doesn't mean it's going to happen. It, it takes... Sometimes you get it on the first shot, call bull in, boom, done deal. Sometimes it takes a lot of elk and a lot of, I mean, all it takes is that wind to switch a little bit or a cow to bust here. There's so many variables there that um, could inevitably make a hunt, uh, a harvest or a miss, you know, missed opportunity, whether you shoot or not. But basically, my very first elk, the night I killed my bull, we were both working. I was going to college. He was working full-time. Um, I was working part-time, so it was a big, hectic deal. Basically, I was running weekends and as hard as you could, day in, day out. And um, Luckily, um, I was able to actually skip class at college 
and uh, my buddy <laughs> got done early, and we we got in the truck and we we were rolling. We knew where we were going. Um, we'd seen some elk there the weekend before. It was down to the last week of the season, so screw it. We ran up there and we were headed in, and we were in the truck even and. Really nice five-point, I'll never forget this, really nice five-point mule deer. Comes off of the hillside and stands right on the side of the road as we were coming up. And we're both contemplating, you know, it's a general deer area. We got bows in our hands. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, that's a nice buck. And screw it, we're after elk. And boom, off we go. Passed up a really nice, you know, 150, 160 class mule deer buck. <laughs> Nope, we're killing elk, and you got to be dedicated to it. Off we go, and we smash up this hill, and we get set up where we know these elk are going to come out. I don't think we were sitting like 30 minutes, and pretty quick my buddy kind of nudges me, and he points his finger, and boom, here's a cow standing on the ridge above us. Like, all right, all right, we got some elk coming, you know. It's going to be a good night. Still got plenty of light. All right. Pretty quick, we hear a bugle back in the timber. We were set up on a, there's a real thick timber edge, and then it come out to a real grassy sagebrush opening with some water, and basically they were transitioning from bedding to feeding area. We knew this from experience, and we set up in anticipation of these elk coming out. So we're set up pretty quickly kind of hear something back in the trees and quite make it out. Come find out it's actually a bull in a wallow. And uh, hear another bugle. And The other thing about elk in the mountains is a bugle. It could sound like it's a mile away and it could be 300 yards. And it could sound like it's 100 yards and be 600 yards. You know, it just depends where they're facing. If they're above you, what way the wind's blowing. So regardless, we knew these elk were coming, so we just hung tight. We were stationary. Pretty quick, we got cows feeding out. And it was just meant to be, you know. These cows come down. Got cows at about 50 yards, and pretty quick, here comes that bull out of the timber. All right, you know. We're on this little ridge, and we got one little pine tree that we're hunkered under, and uh, we set up to where... One direction, I got a shot off of this ridge. The other direction, my buddy had the shot. So that's the other thing. If you're hunting with a buddy, set up to where both scenarios, somebody has a shot. That's that's a big key in this story. So anyways, I got the lucky straw. I was on the right side. So here come these elk, and oh, I'm ranging, ranging, you know, 100 yards, 80 yards. 60 yards, okay, he's coming, he's coming in. Well, with with a bow, if nothing, if everything's going right, I'd much rather take a 30-yard shot than a 50-yard shot, uh-huh. you know. So I'm waiting, and, you know, I was very confident in my shooting skills. I shot, shot pretty much every day all summer, and uh, pretty much you didn't want to shoot at 20 yards or you were screwing up arrows, so. I was very confident there, um, back to preparation, you know, got to be able to make the shot when it happens. 
and uh, so this bull comes down, and it's slightly downhill, and I get a range on him, and it was uh, 38 yards, but shooting downhill. Okay, you're shooting downhill, so you hold left. I put my 30 pin, 30 yard pin on him, and I draw back, and I and it was like a dream. I mean, right through the pump station, and I watched that bull go down. On he didn't even make it to the. As the crow flies, he was 80 yards across. You know, watched him tip over, and I mean, it was such a high. And um, the weird thing about that is. In the midst of all this happening, a bull on the other side of the drainage started bugling. So you can imagine my first bull ever down, and I watch him go down, and he's down right there. And my buddy's like, there's another bull bugling, let's go. And here it goes back to the same thing. If you got a chance, make it happen. We got a bull down, but we got another tag. You know, we're within reasonable distance of getting these animals out and the other one was actually closer in the direction we needed to go anyways so screw it and off we went and we chased that bull till dark never never put it together but uh went back and got a pack frames and um that wasn't a real bad pack out it was maybe a mile or so but mile and a half but um Needless to say, you chase something till dark that time of year. You're you're nine o'clock or so at night, and get back up, and get my bull quartered out, and took it out in one trip. And here I am. You know, we didn't want to screw around with deboning and then this and that no more than we had to go. But we also didn't want to make more than one trip. So two guys, one trip. I get both hind quarters tied on my pack frame and I'm not a big guy 5'9", 5'10", maybe 170 pounds and I was packing more weight than I weighed and uh, so I get strapped into my I had it all laid down, tied on and I lay down on my pack frame and I strap it all on and my buddy actually had to help me roll over I got up on my knees, and I e-man it up, and I get staggered up on top of two hindquarters. I'm like, I'm not coming back up this steep bastard. (laughs) I'm doing this in one trip, throw that head on, and I I had him set that head on, and that's another, you know, with hiding you know, the horns and what, probably 25 pounds or... Yeah, something close. Might even be, might be 35. They're, they're heavy. Yeah. That head with, with, you know, all the muscle and hide, they're, they're not a light deal. You're probably right on the... I'm trying to be not so unmanageable on my tail, but they're heavy. And <laughs> off we go. And it's, it's, it's a chore. It's not fun, everything about it. I mean, it feels like your shoulder straps are trying to cut through your neck, and it's heavy, point blank. And off you go, and you're in the dark by now. It's, you know, you can't see your hand in your face. And you got a headlamp on, and you're going along. Well, the first little bit of this trek is 
pretty manageable. I think, oh, yeah, I got this, and pretty quick your legs are on fire, and you're like, shit, I still got a ways to go. And Well, then top it off, everybody says, you know, uphill sucks, and it does suck, but it's manageable. Go down a steep, nasty thing with 200 pounds on your back, you maybe might roll off that hill. And unfortunately, I did this. I got, a, you know, 160 pounds of quarters smashing my face into the thing as I'm trying to crawl down. <laughs> well, I stepped on a rock that wasn't attached, and off I went sliding down, just like off of a cartoon. <laughs> off the hill I went. And, of course, the head goes flying, and my buddy, he was packing the fronts and the, traps and the tenderloins and so he's a ways ahead of me I'm taking it pretty slow going down the steep section he said all he seen was this headlamp go rolling and shit go flying and and I get to the bottom and get the dirt out of my mouth and I was like holy smoke that wasn't good and buddy yells up you alright? yeah I'll get down there well, I got all my quarters, one of my quarters come loose. It broke a strap when I was flying down off of that. But there you go, you know. Um, I'll never forget it. I'll remember that till till the day I'm dead. And that's what that's what all comes about. The highs and lows. Mm-hmm. There's days in that almost a full month of hunting that. I mean, you just know you have it. I don't know. I had more bulls within 30 yards, and in the rut, you just never know. They could come in from the wrong direction, and before you get a shot in the timber, they hit your wind, and they're gone. Or they come in too fast, and, you know, it's just shot angle. One thing about archery hunting elk, for sure, quartering to you shot, is a very bad shot to take. And uh, just purely because they're a big animal, you want to get both lungs for sure. So, And there was many a time, and I had that pounded in my head, you know, from watching hunting shows and just, you know, talking to people from their experiences and, so you get some of those opportunities, and then you kick yourself a knot, taking the shot. And Basically, if, if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Kind of the way I, you just got to brush those almost had it experiences off and move on. Don't dwell on the failures. Look towards that success. Say, okay, this was screwed up. Maybe if I do this different next time, it'll happen. And you just kind of, your hunt evolves. that makes sense? Yeah. But, but no, my my first archery hunt, I, I learned a lot. That's good, though. That's the way it should be. Yep. So, and, and you know, if you got someone experienced that's willing to help, that's worth gold, too. Yep. Um, we were, 
and I know you're the same way. Um, we pretty much went in green. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean, though. It oh yeah, we're like, like we're, gonna, we're just we're gonna crash and burn, or <clears throat> we're gonna die trying. One of the two. <laughs> and uh, you know, if that's what it takes, I'm letting you know it is doable because we, me and Zach, have both done it. We, uh, you know, we we both come from families that hunted, but they really aren't hunters, if that makes sense. You know. They don't live for it. They just do it and, you know, gets meat, gets meat if not, you know, next year. And now me and Zach are both like, mm, no, I'm going to make this happen every year. And um, For me, I've killed five bulls in the last six years. And not because I kind of killed one the one year. It's just I just didn't anything I can live without yeah eat in the freezer and that's the way it is and and I know Zach you've you've killed more than your fair share of animals for sure in the last few years and you always seem to kill a couple more than me each year just purely (laughs) because you put in for every tag known to man but What can I say? I uh, I like the challenge. I like the meat in the freezer, and and I like slinging sticks. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, thanks for the thanks for the story. That was that was awesome, and all the tips and tactics and stuff along with the story. That was great. Yeah, and and another thing there, there's there's not a right way to do it, and there's not really a wrong way to do it. It's Find what works for you. Yep. And uh, hopefully something we discuss maybe help somebody in the future. If so, awesome. If not, you uh, maybe learn something not to do. So. Yep. And that'll help you out anyways. <laughs> yep. So, like I said, it's as much knowing what to do and what not to do. So. Perfect, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of this evening and hopping on the podcast with me. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Likewise. So. Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are Eastman Elevated with Brian Barney and Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.